so many bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from my palatial studio apartment in Chicago is Luis Badillo. Luis, how are you? Hi. I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I, uh, I, smoked a, I smoked a cigarette last night, and my, I can't taste anything. That's how I'm doing today. Oh, that's just super. Yeah, I, 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 I had an Arizona iced tea, and Bill, uh, you and your audiences should know I can't taste it. I can't enjoy it. Life's not worth living right now. Not not going for the Arnold Palmer's now. Not even in memory of him. I mean, oh, uh, R.I.P. I uh, forgot about that. Oh, Arnold Palmer. I want to enjoy your your half lemonade, half iced tea so much right now, but I can't. Uh, just goes to show, kids. Uh, don't don't smoke. Yeah. yeah, don't smoke. Yeah, yeah, like, Luis, don't smoke. Yeah, I learned my lesson. <laughs> This has been So Many Bits. Uh, As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, for this week's episode, we will be talking about Game Center CX. Uh, For long-time listeners, we last talked about this back in Episode 8, although that was mostly regarding the Nintendo DS game Retro Game Challenge that came out here in America. But because we didn't discuss the show that much on that episode, I was hoping that Luis, who has watched a bunch of episodes, and yeah. myself, I've watched a bunch of episodes, we could get into it and like what it's about and why we like it so much. And, and you know, Bill, in, in retrospect, every ep- I think every episode I've been on, we've talked about Game Center CX at least once, like in passing or as a point of, uh, of, of reference to our conversations about games. It's definitely come up. Like, a lot. Like, yeah. uh, and, well, I, and I, I've known you've been a fan for a while, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to jamming with you about that. But first, let's talk about the games we've been playing right now. All right. Luis. Uh, so, I recently purchased Persona Q. Uh, Shadow of the Labyrinth. Excellent, uh, excellent. Uh, have, have you played... Have you played any of the Persona games or any or any of the Etrian Odyssey games? Well, I've played Persona 4 Golem, and I have played some Persona Q. Okay, yeah. Uh, so Persona 4, I absolutely love the characters in Persona 4. I, I, um, I watched the legendary Giant Bomb Endurance run of Persona 4. Little <laughs> uh, Charlie? Yeah, I, Charlie... Charlie Tonoku is such a good name for a, a fake Japanese character. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I named my Charlie my my character Charlie, but with a Y. Oh, okay. Because full Charlie wouldn't fit in the namespace. Come on, Atlas people have names longer than seven spaces. Please fix it. Uh, yeah, there, there there's something about the the Persona characters, Persona Four specifically that. I just kind of admire and, and 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 really enjoy. Uh, it, it, it it takes me to a happy place, and Persona Q does that a lot because it's it, it it's basically fan service of the video game. It, it, it also I'm I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of the Etrian Odyssey games, and uh, if. Are you familiar with the series? Yeah, those are way different than Persona. There's a lot they're, of... they're super different. Like they, they as far as RPG go, RPGs go, they're like a completely different direction. It, 
Etrian Odyssey games have always been, like, pretty hardcore, like, team management games. You need to worry about a front line and the back line of uh, party characters. Uh, and you can have any number of classes and, like, mixes and matches with them. And also the dungeon system is confusing in its own because... Uh, they don't give you a map, but they give you, in the DS games, they give you tools to draw maps on the touchscreen. Mm-hmm. So as you're exploring the dungeon, you should be filling out spaces on the lower screen, filling out, like, oh, this is where a treasure chest may be, I can't pass through here. And also there are, like, particularly strong enemies that you can see in the map that you should mark on the map because they'll mess you up if you encounter them, and that's all in Persona Q. Yeah, you have to find something appealing about a game that doesn't automatically make a map for you that you need to make your own map uh and and and, and bill you you know the type of games i like i i i, I don't like a game that holds my hand i yeah you talk about like dark souls and stuff on yeah. your punishing games yeah I, I i i like a game where i can i can feel like i'm achieving something like di- like i'm overcoming something difficult that's why i like the monster hunter series so much and that's why roguelikes are so cool to me um, so there, there, and it is, it's, it's not a particularly easy game, but like they also, they know that the people that made this game know that because even, even in the beginning, they, um, <laughs> there, there's the, they ask you to select the difficulty, but in every one of those difficulty ratings, it's, it's very much like, oh, like, well, if you do go on the easy mode, if you just want to enjoy the story. <laughs> And uh, in the harder modes, it's like, you're not that much into the story, so we're going to make you a fight. You, but your experience at this game, and there's a risky, there's like a roguelike risky version where it's like, there's permadeath, I think. Like, you, if once your party falls, like, I think it's game over. Uh, but like, at, at every point in the beginning of the game, it's like, hey, just, just enjoy the story, man. Just chill out. Yeah, there are definitely points that I got to on the map where I'd be like, Hey, are you sure you want to go advance from this point? It might be tough. Yeah, the at, at every they don't and and you know the the Etrian Odyssey games are notorious for not really having a story. Like they don't uh, Etrian Odyssey Four uh, didn't have any main characters. Doesn't have any main characters. It's just your party and you're like the captain of a ship and. And like you're just kind of figuring out stuff around about around the world, but it's not very it's not super story focused. And Persona Q: Shadow of the Labyrinth is all narrative. It's all about this this weird wacky universe and these characters uh, that and how they interact. Well, it's like a ridiculously fan servicey plot line too, because they work in the Persona Three cast. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't played Persona Three. Uh, I feel like I might want to at some point, uh, just just because I I really dig just the aesthetic and pseudo Japanese hip hop style of all those games. I kept hoping three and four would get a re-release on the PS4, but I don't know if that's going to happen. At least not before Persona Five comes out. No, and it's already out in Japan, so I I don't I don't think Atlas has any reason to like to do that on until like. Persona 5 is out of the way because Persona like Persona is like insanely popular in Japan. Like Persona 4 like didn't just have like the the game 
the game and like two remakes of the game but also had like a manga and an anime adaptation and then like a sequel to that anime yeah. adaptation i think there was a movie i don't know um i'm pretty sure there was a, like an an ova style movie but people like freaking dig charlie tonoku <laughs> uh, yeah uh, ju- just every I, I i think those characters are really quirky and charming and last night i i found out there was dlc content for the game uh and uh, they're, they're and they're like purely aesthetic characters that you can add. They they don't really change the gameplay. But I did I did pay three dollars to get uh, the main character's little sister to be an assist character in the game. Nice. Okay. Because uh, they're like navigators, right? They're, they're like... navigators, and if you if you play Persona Four, Nanako is uh, the little sister character in the game, and she can be a navigator. That's awesome. Would, I, I I just like hearing her say "Great job, big bro." <laughs> it's freaking adorable. Or Chie talking about how much she loves kung fu and meat. Uh, I I don't know. I, I I I love those characters a lot, and I'm I'm and because of that, I'm enjoying uh, Persona Q like tremendously. And also, guys, it's a good RPG. Like all that stuff that made Etrian Odyssey good is in there, and. Uh, I don't know. I'm 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 barely. I'm still in the first dungeon and like a couple floors in, so I, I I'll, I'll probably report back as to whether I think that game is stands up all the way through. And I, I haven't even found Persona Three characters yet. Ah uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the bet'll be good. I mean that's excellent. Then yeah, I I played up through like the third dungeon, partway through the third dungeon, and I put it down. Uh, you know, it's one of those games where maybe I'll get back to it, maybe I won't. We'll see. I think I, I think it's a really good uh like on on the train game because uh, I don't know I, I was playing a lot of Mon- Monster Hunter on my 3ds before that and you know that's uh, again like super action oriented in the moment but with uh Persona Q and subsequently the Etrian Odyssey games like you you can be pretty methodical about the way you advance through the game. They have like a save state function that lets you just kind of power off the thing, and as soon as you power it back on, you're back in the exact same spot. Uh, it's very accommodating to people that do like that slow burn dungeon crawl type game, and which is definitely up my alley. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it like almost way too much right now. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what have you, what do you been playing, Bill? Well, uh, to no one's surprise, if you have listened to previous episodes, I'm still playing Overwatch. Still. What? Overwatch? Never heard you talk about that before. No, I Weird. I, yeah, I don't like to. This is real out of character for you, Bill. I, I hate that game. I don't know why I even <laughs> brought it up. Alright, but there is new stuff happening with it, right? That's right. There is a Halloween uh, special unlock that's going on right now, special event that started on the 11th and that means that they first off offer up like new uh customization cosmetic options they've got new costumes for the characters Mm -hmm. new like voice lines and emotes and stuff and on top of that they added a new mode of play they added a player versus enemy mode for the first time to the game which is called dr junkenstein's revenge oh so it's like a it's like a co-op it is is it have you played team fortress 2 
Yes, I played. Is it like man versus machine? It is almost exactly like man versus machine. All right, cool. Yeah, so you <laughs> get your choice of one of four of the game's characters. There's Soldier seventy six, Anna, McCree, and Hanzo. So it's just a slice of the characters. That's like less than a fifth of the whole character pool, and you can only you pick one. There you can't have overlaps, and you have to keep the same character throughout the mode. Mm. And then enemies get spawned in at you. At first, they're just, like, horde characters, like, just uh, shock troops and stuff. But then, over time, boss characters will show up. And those will be other Overwatch characters powered up and uh, stuff like okay. that. So there, so it's not just robot versions of the Overwatch characters. It's, like, their own little contraptions. And then the Overwatch characters are the bosses. Right. And they do a really, really good job of dressing up the mode with, like, totally new art assets and voice lines and stuff so your your four characters you control are pretty much the same but they've been renamed like the alchemist and like the traveler and stuff like that but then the characters you fight they all have these sweet halloween costumes like reaper has a jack-o-lantern head and mercy is dressed up like a witch and roadhog looks like frankenstein's monster and there's like this cool narration over the top too. I'm, I'm getting a real. I haven't seen it in action. I'm getting a real pulpy vibe, off of it. It is really pulpy. It's got that really cliched like 1930s orchestral like alarm and violin sound. <laughs> and there's a the narrator is telling him like you're trying to protect a door from getting broken in. Oh, the door got attacked by the Omnic robot, but it held on for now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, do do any of these modes ever last longer than the season, or is it is this the season for that mode? Because I remember there was a summer thing happening too, which was essentially Rocket League for Overwatch. That's right. Yeah, they do this. They slot this in as the brawl feature, and the brawl usually runs every week. Okay. This will run, I assume, for the whole event, which is three weeks. It's running from like the eleventh through the thirty first. And then after that, it will go away. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's really well done, and it was really fun, but it, it you can only play it so many times before it gets old. There's not that much variation in it. I, I don't know. That that, that seems kind of... kind of Well, sad's a little bit of a of a hyperbole, but, you know, it, 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 there's something to be said about, like, hey, maybe I don't want to play competitive right now. Maybe I just want to team up with my buddies. It'd be nice to do that any time I wanted to. And, you know, I've... I've Bill, I, every time we've talked about Overwatch, I keep on saying, I should probably buy Overwatch. Uh, well, you so, can be like my friend who, we he'd said that and he bought the game, and then we're like, you should play Overwatch, and so far he's played 10 minutes, Chris. Chris, I know you're listening. You, you sad, sad man. I don't man? think he's that sad. He's a man. But okay. I don't know if he's that sad. <laughs> But you should play it. You should play Chris. Chris, come on. I don't have it, and I really want to play it. I'm playing Persona Q right now. You want to trade? He's got I'll a 3DS. Oh, man, you should play Persona Q. I think you'd like it. Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, I, I, I know that I'm going to buy it by the end of the year because I kind of want to have... I like my little end-of-the-year end wrap-up gaming sessions, uh, mainly because I, I like hearing the Game of the Year talks that are happening uh, around that time. So I, I like having like informed opinions on these games already, and Overwatch is definitely one of those games that are up there. Uh, the, the ones that I... Or 
definitely one of the ones that I want to experience for myself. Because I mean, I played Team Fortress 2 for like seven years after <laughs> it came out. And, and mind you, it's still a pretty good game. I booted it up last week and played with some of my old uh, clan buddies from back in the day. And and they've been they they didn't they never stopped is the thing, so they're still like really, like, on the ball. And me, I'm a little rusty now, but, hot ah, damn, that's that that was just a really well designed game. Uh, that or I could play Guardians. Uh, wait, oh, I know what you're talking about. Guardians. Have you have you heard about Paladins? This? Paladins. There we go. Paladins. Yeah, I kind of want to check that out. I, I just want to see what that's about. I. You know, I, I saw some video comparisons and I thought it was pretty messed up. <laughs> there, 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 there's a, there's a direct Roadhog in there. There's a, oh, who's the guy with the shield? Uh, Reinhardt. Reinhardt. There's a Reinhardt in there. Um, I think there's a, a lady that freezes people. Yep, May. May. There's a May in there. Uh, there's a Hanzo in there for sure. That, got that is such. Oh man. I mean, it's weird, but let's not pretend that Blizzard didn't rip off a ton of other uh, like tropes and stuff when they. I mean, made yeah, but watch. but but you know, it. I, when I see Blizzard do it, when 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 Overwatch came out, it was like, oh, this is an amalgamation. They they learned all these other things that these games learned that these games learned, and we put it into one game. And you know, everyone knows Overwatch it, it used. Like, a lot of those assets are from an MMO that, that never uh, surfaced. But Paladins, ooh, that seems just like a... It's, it, it looks like a carbon copy. I can't, I can't say to it as how it um, plays or feels. Uh, so, so I'm not going to... If you're going to try to defend it, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to that defense. I, I don't know that much about either game. You, you've played more Overwatch than I have, so, so you... I mean, I you'd, you'd be in a better position to talk about that. Uh, I mean, I haven't played Paladins at all. It's only I mean, hey, so I can't really say. Hey, nothing to lose. It's free to play. It's true. I, we could, you know what? We we could have before this episode. We both could have just downloaded it and then like really ripped on it. Nah. Eh. I mean, we could have. We could have. We didn't because we're nice people like that. Audience. <laughs> Chris. Chris. So that's what I've been playing. <laughs> Um, still Overwatch, still Dunker, Dunker, Junker, Dunker Junkers, yeah, mm-hmm. Dunker Junkers, mm. Doctor Junkenstein's Revenge. Uh, yeah, okay. I I have one last game that I've been playing a lot. Okay, which is uh, Crypt of the Necromancer. I saw it for like four bucks on the iOS store, and I picked it up. I would. It's like, hey, it's a roguelike. People talk really good stuff about it. I I guess I'll try it out. And also, uh, I had recently bought this uh, this case for my iPhone uh, the Logitech PowerShell. If it's the iPhone 5S and SE and just slide it in there and it gives your iPhone like base buttons and it also has like a spare battery in there so if you're low on battery you can charge it up. It's a pretty cool controller. I really like it. It feels sturdy and uh, also it's dirt cheap right now too. Oh really? Yeah that thing used to, like I remember when that first came out it was like 60 bucks but if you go to Amazon right now it's like 7 Oh, it, it's seven. It, it's a huge markdown. I'm I'm pretty sure they're just trying to get rid of them. Well, uh, for seven, I might give it a try just to see what that's about. Yeah, like it's it's the cheapest buy-in, uh, and it works with a lot of 
uh, games on the iPhone already. Um, but I def of all those games, I would definitely recommend Crypt of the Necrodancer. Uh, the D-pad is a little... I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. D-pad's a little wonky at that thing, and it takes a while to get used to. Uh, but once you get going onto it, like... Man, Crypto the Necrodancer is like a really good... It's a really good roguelike. Uh, in every definition of a roguelike, or a roguelite. Uh, and Crypto the Necrodancer is more of, like, of a roguelite, because you don't start from the very beginning. There's... Uh, like most rogue likes um you start at the top floor of a dungeon and every every level that you 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 beat uh gets you to a lower level of the dungeon and your goal is to get to the bottom level of the dungeon uh and should you die on your way that like on your way there you start back from the top of the dungeon crypt of the necrodancer is nice because it, it it divides up those dungeons into several sections much like a uh, spelunky did uh yeah, but man, the music in that game is really good. Uh, I'll, I'll maybe link you some stuff. I know I talk about the good music in a lot of games in every episode that I'm in, but Crypt of the Necrodancers just got some infectious earworms. And there are multiple styles to each uh, dungeon, right? Like you can play them in like a like a metal style. Yeah, there's they. For a while, I was playing it uh, on a randomized. A, like style they, they they have a lot of styles and you can randomize the styles dungeon per dungeon but i would at a point i was just sticking with the vanilla portions of it because it, it's 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 all really good it's it's all really infectious and like very toe tappy which is what you need which you super need because i don't know if you've played it but um i have not uh m like most roguelikes end up being turn based so when you move everything in the world around you moves but in rogue uh in crypt of the necrodancer the world moves according to a beat so you know it's usually like a four four beat and it it really and for me this has been like a good and a bad thing because you know for for a lot of rogue likes i'm used to kind of like taking my time like making decisions not rushing stuff and but here, if you kind of stand still, like the default mode, if you stand still, you miss a beat, and enemies move around you, you you lose a multiplier. Multiplier. So you gotta like really make quick decisions, and like on every beat of the song, you're either moving or making an action. Uh, and the more you do that successfully, the higher like a coin and damage multiplier you can get, which is like super useful. Uh, but yeah, like the the game is just packed with like a ton of like little intricate systems that play together really nice, and that's the best part of any roguelike is when you like have like a super like leveled up character, but like or equipped up character, but that high level character has a completely different play style than another character. Like the weapons in this game, like force you to like kind of rethink how you approach enemies. Like, the equipment style, like, lets you, like, evade and, like, take certain amounts of damage. Uh, I like, the standard stuff for a roguelike, but the musical aspect of it kind of, it, it, it adds a lot, of, it, it adds a fresh flavor to it that I haven't really had in a roguelike in a while before. Uh, well, awesome, then. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds, 
Uh, very cool. I know that it's been available on yeah, iOS, Vita, PS4, PC. Steam, too. Yeah. Steam. Uh, that's another one. I, it's on the list. Uh, I, definitely, the list. I definitely recommend, if you're, if you're going to play it, uh, try to get some sort of physical controller with it. I kind of I didn't like the touch controls on the iOS. I'm I'm not a fan of touch controls for like a animal, regular game, but uh, yeah, if you're on the PC, use a controller. If you if you want to try it on the iOS, like a Bluetooth controller will probably be good for you. That's what's kept me from playing a lot of games on my phone is that uh, most of them aren't ready yet to fully take advantage of like a fully like touch screen based control scheme and the ones that do are, are few and far between that's a and you know that's that's a really interesting design challenge because if you want to offer up like uh, a traditional game for for gamers like uh like an rpg or an or like an action adventure and you know like a lot of those games a lot of those systems are built in mind with like button controls but like an occasionally just occasionally there's like a, a game on the ios that 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 handles it really well. Like I think uh, again, we've talked about Steven Universe: Attack the Light. Yep, that that was really good. That's a really good RPG on and on iOS, mm-hmm. and like and it uses the touch controls really well. Like navigating the dungeon and using that input for like timing based attacks and like swipe based attacks, aiming attacks. Uh, it it was just super intelligently done. Like I would, I would, I would kill to have, like I don't know, like a Square Enix make a like a full like a fifteen to thirty dollar game on iOS, controlled like that. Like I could, I could imagine like a huge narrative experience working on there. I mean, they've definitely put out RPGs, but all I just like the old ones. Yeah, like they, they Final do, Fantasy Nine is. They like, do a lot of re-releases. They and also a lot of rehashes of Final Fantasy, uh, which. I'm not into very much. Uh, oh, hey, if you want, if you want a pretty decent free-to-play game on the iPhone, this is I haven't played in a while, but uh, Terra Battle, yeah, uh, made by Mistwalker. Uh, it, it, it's it's another hot recommendation from Luis. And guys, it costs nothing, so uh, go for it, Just do it. Uh, but yeah, those are my games that I've been playing. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, still playing Overwatch. That's the game I've been playing. Uh, I, I, again, Overwatch, uh, it's, 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 uh, so, it has been so up my alley for a while. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm relying on you to make a sales pitch. And I think... Every time you talk about it, you just inch me a little bit closer to, to buying that game. Well, maybe by this time next year. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm probably going to buy it this year. Okay. Yeah. They'll probably put it on sale at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that would move us then on to our, normally onto our Choose Your Fighter section. But for this week, uh, as I mentioned in the opening, we'll be talking about Game Center CX instead. Ooh, yeah. So Game Center CX is a Japanese television show. It's available on the Fuji TV network over there. Uh, it stars this man, this comedian named Shinya this Arina. This man. <laughs> this man. And it was all made by that man. That man. Shinya Arino. Arino. He's a comedian over there. Uh, as 
comedians appear to do in Japan. They guest on a lot of variety shows and quiz shows and stuff. And that seems to be his main thing when he's not doing this. But when he comes on Game Center CX, he takes on the character of the Kacho, which is like the chief or the bo- like, like a boss mm-hmm. at work. And his job, as part of his responsibilities at work, is to play these retro video games, usually for the, the Nintendo or like the Super Nintendo, and beat them, even though they are punishingly, punishingly hard. And Arino is really bad at video games. <laughs> uh well that that's uh, that's um, I know that's the joke in the show. I don't think he's that bad. He's he's, a, he's got very good reasoning, I think. Yeah. Like he he's got good strategy and thought about how to approach a game, but mm-hmm. like his actual mechanics, like his ability to play the games. Yeah, uh so Ari uh Shinya Arino, uh he, he's part of the uh the comedy duo uh, Yoiko, um, and 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 his partner Hamaguchi-san, like both, like they're both noted uh, otaku in Japan, right? Or they, or, and I'm I'm not gonna pretend to know that I know every uh, context of the word otaku, but they 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 nerds. definitely they definitely brand themselves as kind of as otaku as nerds, like appearing on like these variety shows, like, and and. And I, I think I think you may, there's no way to overstate how big these variety shows are in Japan. Like every like every channel is like, hey, we're gonna show every, like we're gonna watch these crazy videos, but on the upper right corner of the TV screen, you're gonna see some celebrities' reaction to this crazy stuff happening on TV. Uh, it, it it just permeates every corner of Japanese television. Uh, but they'll show up on that on these shows, you know, talking about like manga and anime or like dressed up as anime characters and uh and and they they, that that's that's been their shtick uh shinya i i believe like so the comedy duo also is a is a big uh institution in japan still you know the the straight man foil formula Uh, i don't remember the japanese names right but uh uh, Hamaguchi-san is supposed to be the straight man, the intelligent guy, and Arino is supposed to be the 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 foil, the the guy who's like this this the bonehead. Uh, but apparently, in recent years, uh, they their comedy duo act has been like no, they're both boneheads, <laughs> uh, and like they they've been noted as like no, this is like they don't follow that formula anymore. It's just bonehead and bonehead, and it's really funny, and pe- people seem to dig it. But again, that's a completely different character than Arino the Cacho. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the show's been running now since 2003. They're, they've got over 200 episodes. Uh, there are seasons there are, like, they're, they're halfway between British and American television. They're, like, they vary between, like, 10 and 20 episodes per season before they go on break. Yeah. Um, th- so, Bill, uh, how long have you been watching... Uh, Game Center CX. I first started watching a, like about a couple years ago now when Retronauts they did an episode about Game Center CX and I that's when I first I I already had played Retro Game Challenge but divorced of any context of where it came from. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a cool game, and so then I listened to that podcast. It was like, this sounds pretty neat. Went out and downloaded a bunch of episodes and been a fan since. 
I uh, I don't know if you remember, but there was a while ago where uh, where Fuji TV made a deal with Kotaku, uh, and they were like they were they were properly translating episodes for American audiences and like putting them up on Kotaku. And I think I've heard about this. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's where. That was my first experience of it. I was reading Kotaku quite a bit back then, uh, alongside like Joystick and Engadget or um, or Destructoid, and it, it it was kind of a big deal because like they like I think Kotaku was trying to maybe explore the video streaming side of business, mm -hmm. uh, and, and they translated about ten episodes uh, of all of which I've seen, and I think are now sold on the dvd set that you can buy on amazon yeah it's called like retro game master retro game master which is how they tried to brand it in the u.s like the reason retro game challenge is called that is because retro game master was the western name for it uh -huh. which you know is understandable like game like not a lot of people know what a game center is yeah i mean it like a game center is it can be an arcade but it could just be like two games yeah so like it, it doesn't have the same con the word game center doesn't connotate anything in western in the western world uh so i was watching a couple of these episodes and i thought man this is really good uh the the english uh translated like the american narrator version of it uh does a pretty decent i think does a pretty decent job at kind of translating what makes game center so good uh or at least what i find to be so good but it, it was just enough to kind of get me on the hook and like look up more episodes and you know discover like oh wait they've talked about this on retronauts before and actually when i was like looking up like stuff on one up um because i i used to love one up back in the day uh ray barnholt like had a apparently <laughs> He had a very he had a weird relationship with Game Center CX. He he appeared on an episode once. He did like overview guides, like translations. Um, yeah, he. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I I after I discovered Edge, I went down a pretty deep rabbit hole. Same here. Same here. I've watched pretty much every episode. I think at this point, I might have missed one or two in there, but I think I've seen them all. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of them out of order. I know I haven't oh, seen same. every episode. But uh, well, there's no need to see them in order. There's like very little continuity between the episodes. Right. Yeah, there, there, there's occasionally like a reference to like a past uh, character in the show or like, but you, they do a pretty good job of like, well, you know, this, like there's like a little, just like in comic books, there's a little editor's note, like saying readers will remember Spidey fought Doc Ock in episode like Eddie eighty two or just like that. They'll do like a flashback, like viewers will know. I already know played pilot wings on this episode for this long and this happened. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and the structure of the episodes, I think, it, it, I mean, it's changed since that show began, but right now it's solidified into like what I think is like a really good form of television. Yeah, let's talk about the, the, the Ari Knows Challenge portion first, because yeah. that's the, like the meat of every episode. Yeah, uh, okay, so Ari Knows Challenge is the so game center the reason everyone watches game center cx is because uh ari know he'll he'll play a game of a, a retro game usually noted for its difficulty 
uh, and the goal of almost every challenge is to see the ending of the game and no matter how long that takes so and it usually takes them like an entire day to do so uh, and originally the that center the the that segment Arino's challenge was just it was supposed to be just that a segment uh, in the first season where it's like oh we're we're gonna dedicate like maybe a half of the show's time or maybe a third of the show's time to like him playing the video game and the show originally had a, like a much bigger like interview focus right yeah like the first season is like the episode would be like about Konami and yeah they would go to Konami headquarters they talk to like uh, God Hideo Kojima and then also they would show like a Castlevania clip or something like that and then they would go back there and would like interview a different person from Konami who is not uh, like Igarashi or something like that this mm. is examples yeah and those and those episodes are still really good. I think the the Pokemon episode is probably like one of my favorites of that uh, of the first season, where he goes to Game Freak and talks to like the creator of Pokemon and kind of like the inspiration for it. And it, like a lot of that stuff has a real uh, Iwata asks enlightening amount of facts. Like a lot of Japanese game development ends up being like very behind closed doors and like this really you know company secret society thing going on so seeing like Ari you know, kind of be human in front of these people was really good but the uh, but it, it's it, it's weird how it's it shifted focus from from that to the Ari knows challenge portion of it which for all intents and purposes is a really well edited let's play yes if, if, if someone listening to this is under like the age of 21 that's what that is yeah it, it's a let's play segment they, they they're not showing raw footage they go through and they edit down like to like the key moments in the game and as we mentioned earlier Arino is not very good at these games so it's a lot of like backtracking and trying to like beat bosses over and over again like they talk about him getting trapped in boss hell when he can't get past a certain portion of the game yeah like like so this is where the most, this part of the show I think is the most Japanese theatrical part of it, which, and I think that is the best part of the show. This is, I don't know if we've ha ever had this discussion between you and me, but I, I can't really watch Let's Plays very much. I, it doesn't appeal to me. I don't like the raw footage of like sitting down and watching a single person play a game and just kind of talk over it. I need at least maybe two people playing it, so there's a back and forth, and I have to really, really like their personalities. Or there has to be some sort of, like, through line that I can follow, and what Game Center CX does so well is that they take, like, the 13 hours of raw footage of Ariano playing a game, and they condense them down to, like, 40 minutes of, like, the best moments of it, which, like, it's either the most surprising moments or, like, some really good quips you'll have. Uh, and... If, if you've ever played any of the games he, he played on the show, we'll talk about this a little bit more, I think, when we talk about our favorite episodes. Yeah. Uh, you'll know that they'll cut out huge portions of the game just for the sake of time. But it's done so for, like, a, for, for, uh, for a narrative structure. There's a, like, every episode, is, it is, it's its own little soap opera uh, filled with, like, dramatic music, 
of like when he can't like oh when he's in boss hell or when he can't overcome a challenge uh and little fanfares that that play when he overcomes a little challenge like i i absolutely love and i've been trying to get this for my ringtone for the longest time every time he beats a level and he does the like little yatta and all, like the fist pump, <laughs> you, you hear these little trumpets yeah i want i want that for my text oh my god yeah that would be great yeah uh it, it's the music it like is half of the half of that show is dramaticism and it's funny too because they steal a lot of that music <laughs> yeah well i japanese companies are really particular about where their music comes from so i'm sure a lot of that stuff is properly licensed really i you think they license born in the usa I, that also they they're they're just some weird choices of foreign music and like born in the usa is in there uh the like a couple times they'll do a lot of like 90s euro pop uh like like and you hear that one uh like background music from azamanga dio all the time i mean i i think that might be like a i don't know like i i'm not aware of how the japanese licensing i know it's in japan it's always like a bit more tricky or there's there, uh, there are a couple extra rules that you have to go through like that's the reason like why in every metal gear solid four or five trailer uh when they have like a soundtrack they put like the artist's name and the rec like the the recording house and the year it was published hmm. like there, there are just some extra rules there so like i i feel like th they have to go through some channel because born in the usa is a weird choice for like <laughs> for like when you're talking about like american things on a japanese tv show uh, uh, is there any other segments that you like about Game Center CX? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like, the, I really enjoy the, the give and take between Arino and the, uh, production staff, mm -hmm. because Arino is a trained comedian and trained with, I, I assume, or at least yeah. at this point he's a veteran of being on camera and stuff. Yeah. And all the other staff are not. They are clearly not trained. They have no, they've never been on camera before this show. They're like production assistants and writers and stuff. And so it gives us interesting tension because Arino, as we mentioned before, is not good at these games, but he needs the staff's help to get through them. And he can it, also like wreck them in terms of like wit being witty and giving quips and yeah, exchange. Like that definitely like Game Center CX is like a vehicle for the Shinya Arino personality, which is it, it is a selling point of the show because he's I can't understate like enough that um, I th I think Arino is like people probably watch that show because he's so charming and cheerful and like like willing to mess around with the production staff a lot. Mm -hmm. Like you're right, he pulls in a lot of these guys, like these young people. Like they they can't be like older than twenty five, twenty six at any given moment, and he just pulls them on camera. And they have like a little witty interaction, but but he, he's sort of like everyone's like bad joke loving uncle, <laughs> and like he'll make little puns throughout the show. And and he's the thing is like he's never like really. Listen, I played like some difficult video games, 
and there's a couple episodes in that where like he's playing some like super difficult video games and I don't know how he's not losing his mind and like throwing a fit. That's another key thing too is because for me one of the turnoffs on a lot of let's plays is like people having meltdowns or temper tantrums. I know that is a draw for some people that yeah. that is not for me and but, that's not what happens here. And yeah, no, Arino is like may, maybe there might be some stuff off camera, but what they're selling, what the show is selling is him like being like really positive in the face of some frankly like bullshit challenges of like old video video games uh i i remember uh i owned this game when i was growing up uh legacy of the wizard uh i remember seeing him play that game and him like just through pure rote like like hitting and missing like figuring out these super complex systems that as a child i like i played that i was like eight when I first played that game and like I beat I'd beaten video games before but like I remember like at some point like just realizing like I this this game sucks. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like if if it was a let's play it would be a real let, like meltdown moment. But Arino like he, he like he'll like take off his jacket, like putting on put on like a cooling pad on his on his head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you guys ever see like a white strip of paper on his forehead, that's a cooling pad. Um, and, like, he has, like, a whole bunch of, like, Japanese snacks at the side of him, so he's, like, chewing on, like, some, like, dried squid or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're very, very, I mean, Japanese have a very odd, that's not fair, a very different taste for snacks and stuff. Yeah. They're all there. I mean, I'll, I mean, I've had, I've had some of the stuff I've seen on that show, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a much more savory, like, sense of snacks. Mm -hmm. it, I guess it's a lot more like, you know, like, craving beef jerky. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's always, like, the, the show is selling Arino kind of bucking down and, like, getting through this challenge and, like, his, like, production, like, though I, though, again, I'll admonish, like, Let's Plays, uh, are, like, the best reactions, I think, come out from, like, his, uh, production staff, where, like, he's, like, I don't know, making, like, a, a hard jump in Mega Man, and you can hear just, like, these twenty-something-year-olds in the background, like, like, oh, oh, <laughs> they're like whispering. Oh, in Japanese. Watch out! And, yeah, all in Japanese. Please like, make it! Please make uh, it! We believe in you. <laughs> like, like, don't screw it up, or I believe you won't screw it. Like, it's always, it's, I, I feel like Japanese when, like, it, it could end up being a bit more of a hyperbolic language when, like, you're emotional, at least a lot more in English, because, like. Even, like, the announcer, when she's, like, narrating, like, Arino, like, let's say, like, trying to beat a boss, and, like, will he overcome this? Arino, please put forth your best effort to overcome this great evil. Like, it's, it, it's yeah. so, it becomes so, like, joyfully verbose. Like, uh, like it, you get that vibe, and then also you get, like, the Ron Howard from Arrested Development vibe, where it's like, yeah. well, he had forgotten that to press the continue command, and so he's back at the start. Oh, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, it's all these little flashback moments of, like, oh, this is where he screwed up. It's really good. Uh, 
We should mention that there's other segments of the show, too. Yeah. Like the... Yeah, so Arino's challenge is like two-thirds of every episode, but they... Yeah. Hey guys, Bill here. I'm just cutting in at this point because the conversation was going really well, and I felt like after reviewing and editing the podcast, we had enough material here for two different episodes. So I'm going to cut off this episode here, and we'll pick up with the conversation going over the rest of Game Center CX next week. So come back next week for the conclusion of our discussion of Game Center CX. As always, feel free to contact us at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at so many bits. Download our episodes via iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're going through iTunes, please rate and review and subscribe. And last but not least, please check out the other podcasts available on the Second Wind Collective. Support independent art, the spirit of Dell Compelling.